I remember getting my first iPod. I think it took me a few minutes to figure out how to how to forward it, how to use the dial, how to spin, which was embarrassing. Um, but very fond memories of the iPod from the first ones to all the different ones they put out over the years. Uh, but the end of an era this week, Apple announcing that it is in fact pulling the plug on the last model of the iPod. Yes, if you didn't know, there was still one you could buy. I used to look at them occasionally and then it couldn't justify uh, paying that when you have a phone already. But the iPod pod touch. Um, so after 21 years, it's hard to imagine that that iPod is in fact a 20th, 21st century device and that it's already come to an end. But uh, that is it. Indeed, here are some of the commercials. Here's how the iPad was marketed to us back in the early days. Buy it, use it, break it, fix it, trash it, change it, mail, upgrade it, charge yeah. it, point it, zoom yeah. it, press it, snap yeah. it, work it, quick, yeah. erase it. Technologic. Buy it, use it, break it, I can picture the iPod. I can see that ad when I hear that song. Well, with more on Apple's decision and just how, how important the iPod has been to the company, joining me now is technology analyst and journalist Carmi Levy. Uh, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Great to be here, Ben. You know, as you're describing your experience, I'm thinking, how many of these do I have gathering dust in my desk drawer? And I know I'm not alone. I know many of us have been kind of digging through the archives, looking for their old iPods. Uh, and uh, really feeling a lot of nostalgia for this thing. We tend not to feel that for technology, but I think the iPod is a little bit different. It really was an iconic brand. Kind of sad to see it go. I feel a little bit of a clamp. I do. Same here, because, you know, I think that when they came out, they were so they were so different from anything you'd had before. The idea you could hold thousands and thousands of songs on this relatively, you know, sort of credit card-sized device, uh, one thing that always reminds me how many I've had is just how many chargers are lying around the house that are like just <laughs> wires full and full of those old iPhone chargers, you know, the, the wider ones or the old iPod chargers. Um, I guess this isn't, a, I mean, clearly not a surprise. I As I was mentioning, I used to see the iPod Touch sort of sitting lonely at uh, at the electronics store. And I, I haven't seen anybody with an iPod, at least not a new one in quite a while. I guess this was just the end of the line. It certainly was. And, you know, it served its purpose. And if you think back to when it was introduced in the, in the foggy days, it was October 2001. So, you know, and no one remembers when it was launched because we were still in the aftermath of 9-11. And so no one was really of paying course. attention to a new device from Apple. They, they barely sold any the first year. I think 400,000 globally. It was, a, it was an absolute failure, a flop. Only people who owned Macs could use them. And But, you know, over time, of course, Apple made some decisions that gradually grew the audience, and eventually they sold over $450 million because they opened it up to people who ran Windows, and which, of course, that, you know, suddenly it wasn't just a niche product anymore. Now anyone could use it. Uh, they introduced the iTunes Store so you could download music legally instead of having to get it from Napster or some other peer-to-peer -peer service. Uh, where you would pick up a virus. And so they made it dead simple, easy for you to, you know, buy music legitimately and get it, get it on your device and then manage it. Um, you know, the concept of an app store didn't exist before the iPod came along. You think of all the 
things that we take for granted now on our smartphones. And really, it was the iPod where Apple tried these things out, refined them to a to a fine edge, and and created a huge multi billion dollar business around it. You know, the 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 device itself may be you know sort of riding off into the sunset, but the services, the the best practices, the entire industry. Uh, you know, it lives on in every smartphone that we use today, even if it doesn't carry an Apple, an Apple logo. Um, really, it's the iPod that started that process. And, uh, and we still carry it in our pockets and we still carry it in many ways in our hearts. I suppose best to look at it not as an extinction, but more as an evolution uh, in that sense. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, and I, I admit to doing the same thing. I'd walk into an Apple store and I kind of wander over, you know, to the, the lone, you know, you know, iPod touch sitting in a dusty corner where no one would pay attention to it. And, you know, like I always felt like I, I needed to, you know, sort of pay it some due, give it a little bit of credit. Um, because without that iPod, we wouldn't have had an iPhone. Um, you know, it was the iPod that convinced Apple uh, to uh, initially they were going to release the iPad first. Uh, but then everyone started coming up with their own competitors to the iPod. There were, uh, there were app stores coming up. Everyone was introducing new services. And Apple said, hmm, world's going in a smartphone direction. iPod is pushing us in that direction, giving us the money to fund it. So we're going to go with the iPhone first. And that was a pretty pivotal pivotal decision. Um, and, you know, we wouldn't have had the iPhone the way it is today uh, if not for that influence of the iPhone in those critical years before 2007 so you know i look at my iphone and i look at all those dusty old ipods next to it and the the older devices of course look laughable but at the time they really were crucial in sort of helping figure out what that roadmap right through to today would look like yeah i guess i guess someone my age always looks at the device and doesn't realize that really the innovation is all the things that make the device work. It's where it's how you downloaded music onto the device. It's where the music was coming from, as you mentioned, uh, with the, the iTunes store and with app stores and so forth that, uh, that the, the iPod really did open up that whole new world. And in some ways too, even for someone like myself, it allowed me to figure out how to use it. So by the time I got a phone, I already understood how it all works. So it made the phone mm-hmm. much less complicated ultimately, which is, which is ingenious in many ways. I mean, you've explained it already, but it is, it's certainly uh, guiding the customer along as you'd like to guide them along. I think that's exactly it. I think you touch on it really nicely. I think that's one of the reasons why Apple is, you know, earlier this year in January, it became the first company in history to ever be valued at $3 trillion. It's down a little bit now. It's at about $2.4 trillion because the stock value is down, but it's still the most valuable company, not tech company, but company on planet Earth. Um, and it's largely because of that philosophy that Apple is not a technology company. Remember, they, because of the iPod, they changed their name from Apple Computer to Apple Limited and the reason, or Apple Inc. And the reason being is the iPod turned them into a consumer products company. And if you look at every Apple product that you can buy today, when you open up the box or you, you pick the box up, it's not like any other tech product out there. It's, there aren't all these features that are listed in tiny print on the outside. They don't sell it to you based on how many megahertz or gigahertz it is or you know, how big the drive is. They don't lead with the, what we call feeds and speeds or you know, the techs and specs. Uh, because, quite frankly, most regular people, non-nerds, just don't care. They just want to pull a device out of a box, plug it in, make it work, and do what they want. And I think that's the technology revolution uh, that we've seen over the past 20 years, that kind of lifespan of the iPod, is that 
Um, the company has been training us to a certain extent to see technology not as something that you know you need training for, but as something that should just fit into our everyday life. And and I think they've done a really good job of that. It's something that I can I can put in my mom's hand, and she's not a you know not a terribly techie person, but she can more or less figure it out. And until the iPod came along, until other devices came along that kind of were built on top of that platform, that sort of legacy, um, that wasn't the case in the tech industry. You know, if I had handed a a pre-iPod media player from, you know, uh, iRiver or Creative Labs to someone beforehand, uh, they wouldn't have known what to do with it. I knew what to do with it because that's what I do for a living, but most normal people couldn't, and that's why they didn't take off. I guess it was it, at the time I remember, I mean, coming out of, out of the eighties and the nineties, Sony really had the portable music player uh, market, not cornered, but they were sort of the gold standard. Everyone made Walkmans and Discmans and so on. Uh, how did Apple manage to get out ahead of everybody else when it came to the MP3 player? Because I think Apple understood ecosystem better than anyone else. And, and, and you know, you mentioned it before. It's the software. It's the services. It's the intangibles that, you know, sort of takes a physical device and gives it life and differentiates it from other physical devices. And let's face it, you take uh, an iPod and you put it next to a bunch of other media players and, you know, they all kind of look the same. They all have the same controls for the most part, but it's the, it's the, you know, the, the, the software, the secret sauce, the services inside that are built into it that make it come alive, that really separate it out. And I think Apple has done a better job of that all along. It's one of the reasons why Sony lost that lead. You know, they, they created the mobile music market with the original Walkman and then continued it with the Discman and other variations. But Sony always saw these products as physical devices didn't really understand sort of the, 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 the softer side of it, the intangible, the services behind it that ultimately compelled you and I to buy one. And to the point that today, if you look at sort of what most people will own, they will choose their next, say, smartphone based on the smartphone that they currently have because they have a whole bunch of services that nobody wants to give up if they change platforms. And so, you know, we live in a platform era now, and that's largely because of devices like the iPhone that gradually started to pivot us away from looking at consumer electronics as physical devices to really, it's a bunch of services, and the device is just the thing that delivers those services to us, but ultimately, the physical is less important than the sort of the softer, intangible things that the company wants to sell us. I'm speaking with technology analyst and journalist Carmi Levy. We're talking about the uh, end of the iPod. Apple announced this week that is, in fact, you may, you may have thought it was already gone because it was certainly hard to find one. It's certainly hard to find one that you would have used because the touch itself is very similar in size to an iPhone itself. So it seemed like kind of a, a useless product to some extent. But it was the last of the iPods and it will go now as soon as they finish selling out of them um, sometime in the not too, too distant future, one would imagine. After this, we'll talk a bit more just about, uh, about the, the impact of the iPod overall and maybe a bit about uh, some news at Twitter today. That's after this. We're speaking with technology analyst and journalist Carmi Levy this half hour about the end of the iPod. Apple announcing this week that they're pulling the plug on the uh, on the long-standing device. I guess twenty-one years, not bad in the tech business. Um, introduced in two thousand one, and uh, many many iterations of the iPod. The last one, the Touch, uh, that'll be it. They're not making any more. It'll be gone when they are all gone. Um, one thing I was thinking about, Carmi, though, is that the 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 smaller iPods, like the Nanos, were great to exercise with. I don't like exercising with my phone. It's too big. It's too heavy. 
And the watch, the the Apple Watch, isn't exactly a great music device, at least not to download music onto. Um, so they haven't really. They've, I feel like they've kind of left a left a, a gap there in terms of you know portable music devices. Are they just outdated now? Do you think uh, they, they they certainly are? I mean, you know, everything now revolves around your smartphone. That's kind of the center of our digital universe. And if you think of all the additional devices that we now have, so we have wearables like the Apple Watch. We have uh, AirPods that we stick in our ears. Uh, we have HomePod speakers, but they all like basically they get controlled by by apps that are on our phone, and that phone has to come with us and communicate wirelessly with all these devices to deliver those services to allow us to listen to music and all that good stuff. Uh, which, uh, you know, as uh, you know, uh, whenever I work out, I, I lament the same thing because I, I used to have a shuffle and the shuffle was the right. perfect device for me because it didn't weigh anything and you could pretty much stuff it anywhere, the smallest pocket and off you went and it had great battery life and all that. I don't have that anymore. Now I have to schlep my, iPod, my iPhone with me wherever I go. And yes, I love my AirPods, but it's still not the same thing. and It's not the same experience. So uh, on the one hand, we've advanced because now we have more sophisticated devices. On the other hand, they have kind of left that behind. And there is an opportunity there at some point for maybe AirPods or, or maybe the Apple Watch to get more storage on it. Or maybe that, you know, you, 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 um, you, sort of, you get the, the, the 4G or the 5G version of the watch and you can leave your phone at home. So technically you can replace them. But it's going to cost you a lot more money. You're probably going to have to get a subscription to something. Um, and battery life is going to be much more of an issue with that than it would have ever been on an iPod. So we've advanced, but we've also lost something. But as we've seen in the history of technology, that's always the case. You know, we always lament the things that we can no longer have. We tend to look back at older devices with great nostalgia. And I think now the yeah. final retirement of the iPod is giving us that opportunity. and We're kind of realizing what we've lost along the way. I mean, I have nostalgia for my Walkman, but I wouldn't want to use one again. You know, I wouldn't want to be lugging tapes around. I, I loved my Walkman. I, I never was without it for years, uh, but I would never want to. And the Discman too. I'd never want to have to lug, you know, bags of CDs around on trips and so on. So, uh, which was always, always and make, okay. make the mixtape before you go. I mean, that was, it's so yeah. easy now, drag and drop, and you can make a playlist and you're done. And uh, it's, it's, it's so efficient. It's amazing. We live in a golden age. It is no amazing. Question. We do, we do. And even the fact is, you know, there was a time where if you heard a song, a snippet of a song somewhere at a party, it would take you months to find it. And now, you know, if you suddenly develop an interest in, you know, uh, Japanese funk of the late 60s, you can download, you can sort of access on Spotify, for instance, every record of that genre ever made in about five minutes, right? It's, I find it, I find it remarkable. What was your favorite iPod uh, overall? What one did you like? It was, it was the, uh, and and, and I, I think I, I made Sort of betrayed my choice a couple minutes ago. It was the first generation right. shuffle, the one that looked like a that was stick the tiny one, right? Yeah, right. Like, and it was just, it, yeah. it was, but it wasn't the smallest. It eventually got smaller. Eventually, it was just like a tiny right. little square that clipped on. Um, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and 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 I had I had that one as well, and I didn't enjoy it as much. Um, but I, I just for for whatever reason, I still have that old shuffle. Uh, I can't do anything with it anymore. But um, that yeah. was. Clearly, that and and it was also. I remember at the time, I got it as a Christmas gift at work, and 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 it was the by far the cheapest one that Apple sold. And for a lot of people, that was the first Apple product that they had because it was so inexpensive. And I thought that was kind of a, just a neat thing to have. And I, so you know, I, I hold on to it just because you know who wants to give this stuff up. And I kind of wonder if I'm going to feel the same way about you know the succession of iPhones that I've had in 
successive years, uh, you know, will I feel as nostalgic toward them as I feel toward this pile of iPods that I currently have that I will never let go? Probably not. Probably not, because there was something about the iPod. You did actually have to physically kind of decide what music to put on it, especially that I had had exactly the same shuffle. I remember it being, because you couldn't change, it was difficult to change songs. It was kind of strange to charge, Uh, but it it was, it was, and and then you forgot about it, like you'd have it on you and then you couldn't find it because it was so tiny, but it was a great device. It was a really, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, I I used that a lot to, to exercise. That was a really good one. It certainly was. And, you know, um, my, my kids came of age uh, as these devices were evolving as well. And so in many cases, that was their first media player, their first exposure to, you know, the iPod Touch was their first exposure to a smartphone-like device. Those are important learning devices for them as well. Um, so I guess, I guess you know, this this would be the, the end. Of, I mean, I, I, I don't imagine Apple will ever look at bringing it back. I can't imagine. I think this must be the end, right? They don't tend to go backwards, Apple. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the, the era of standalone media player devices is over. If you look at your smartphone, it now combines all of those functions into one physical device. And that's kind of where the industry is headed. Uh, you know, some I've seen these, you know, uh, ads that will sort of show you, you know, all these things that you used to be able to buy at a Radio Shack. Now, you know, that, that's your iPhone. It's all built into one. And that's kind of where the industry has gone. And Apple really is largely responsible for that. You're right. They're not going back. Yeah, next time we'll have to talk about uh, about those big radios we had back in the early eighties. The, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> those are always fun too. Uh, Carmi, <laughs> yeah, those were great. Yeah, loud. Uh, actually, I still see people carrying around sort of those, um, you know, sort of speakers and, and with the spirit of those old days. Uh, but thanks so much as always for weighing in on uh, the iPod, and I will go home and try and find that shuffle because I know I still have it, but I wouldn't for the life of me know how to charge it or how to listen to it. We'll figure it out, I promise. All right, I'll give you a call. Uh, Carmi (laughs) Levy, thank you so much uh, for your time tonight. Appreciate it, Ben. Thanks.